Hello, does anyone know what time it is? On today's show of Cup of Dow, episode four, I answer that question. Now is the only time. I also answer the question of the day. How do I feel about medications? All this and more on your favorite podcast show, Cup of Dow, coming up right now. You're listening to Cup of Dow with your host, Chris L. McClish. Chris is a man with many roles, many journeys, and one spirit. Hello, I hope you're having a good day, morning, or evening. Whatever time and day it is, I hope it's good for you. Okay, let's dive on in. A lot of books and websites talk about successful people being the ones who set goals. And goals can be a good thing. You set a goal, and the goal helps you work towards achieving things in your life. With Taoism, there's a little bit more emphasis on spontaneity. Why? Because if we get too caught up in our goals, we can miss out on what's going on right now. A way to look at it is like this. If you were on your deathbed and you looked back at your life, you could go back and do things over. What would you do differently? How would you live the last few days differently knowing that you were going to die? Isn't it interesting that we often do too much? We often are too busy to enjoy the people and things that we would rather focus on. If most people on their deathbed could go back in time, they'd want to be able to spend more time getting closer to the ones that they loved and who loved them. In the lives of the lonely, many people would want to make more connections and be a light to others by making or creating a family-type atmosphere in their life, surrounded by people who love them. Goals are often subconsciously made as a way to stick to our rigid agenda of acquiring more possessions, getting more things that we feel like would make us happier, and eliminating things that we feel would make us happy if they were gone. We set goals such as having more possessions, being admired, losing weight, looking great so others could admire us on social media, buying something new, etc. These goals usually result in spending too much time and energy trying to eliminate our suffering instead of working towards bettering our health. What if we ditched most of our agenda? What if we accepted life as it comes? What if we worked towards making meaningful experiences right now in the here and now more than focusing too much on the future? The gift that we often overlook is the time that's in front of us right now. And the time right now is often a precious gift that we really can't get back. So no matter what bad situations are going on right now, try to grab some value in the moment. Ask yourself, who do I need to be showing love to? And then do so. If no one's in your life, bring someone in. Just keep in mind that love always brings with it the risk of pain. Many benefits come with risk, but in order to have some of the most beautiful experiences in life, we have to take risk. In other words, if you don't see a family and you don't have a family in your life, you can create a non-blood related family mentally out of the people in your life that you care about. Also try to seek out some spontaneous, healthy things that you can do right now in the moment to fully enjoy the present. Seems we spend a lot of time just being busy 
And I'm not talking about chores. I'm talking about moments we spend being in front of electronic devices, working on job-related activities at home, doing projects, and not being fully engaged in loving conversation or participating in kind, loving behaviors. The actions of being fully present also means not spending as much time doing behaviors such as criticizing, analyzing, correcting, and lecturing to those whom you love. Some of you might have heard the Lion, Cliff, and Strawberry parable before, but it's a good story, so I'm going to share it again. Long ago, in a mountainous region far away, there was a wise man who'd been out walking, and he had a loaf of bread in his satchel. He passed by a cave, and then he quickly realized that there were two lions that were walking out of the entrance. The lions gave chase to the man. Thinking quickly, he threw the loaf of bread in hopes that the lions would focus on it, and not on eating him, of course. The bread was immediately devoured by one of the lions, and then both lions continued their chase after him. So then he came to this edge of a cliff, very high up, with nothing but rocks miles below. With no options left, he jumped, but he was fortunate enough to grab some vine-type roots which were extending out of the side of the cliff. The lions above stood waiting to devour him, should he be able to climb up, which he wasn't able to. And to make matters worse, some rats began to chew on the vines that he was holding on to. Talk about bad luck. Just then, he noticed this large strawberry growing from the mud in the side of the cliff in front of him. So still, while holding on to the vine with one hand, he used the other hand to grab the strawberry. He ate the strawberry and he savored each bite, thoroughly enjoying it. So in this parable, there's a few things I'd like to point out. Um, what would you have done if you would have been the man hanging from the vines? Some people would focus on self-blame. I shouldn't have been out walking near the lion's den. I should have been more aware. I should have divided the bread in small pieces and threw each piece off in a different direction. Some people would focus on worry about the impending doom, about the future, and think about, I wonder if the rocks below will smash my body like a bug when I hit bottom. Will I be in so much of a panic that I'll have like this massive heart attack on the way down? And then some people would give up, knowing that the rats would gnaw the vines anyway to the breaking point, and you'd fall eventually. So some people would go ahead and fall. Even though we don't know what the man's thoughts were, we know by his actions that he wasn't consumed with the past or worry of the future, nor did he immediately give up. He held on with one hand and enjoyed the good that was in front of him, which was the strawberry. He had taken the hand that he was dealt and made the best of the situation. So when you think about it, we're all like that man in the stage between birth and death. We can spend our time while we're here thinking about the past horrors, or we can worry about future calamities, or we can even give up, or we could do something else and decide that we're going to make the best of each moment and take some pleasure or meaning from whatever we have that's in front of us, even if it's something small. Your assignment this week? Tell those that you care about just how much you care about them. They, or even you, might not be around tomorrow. I want you to commit to something. I will stop and smell the roses. I will take notice of precious moments 
and be fully present, practicing mindfulness until it becomes my nature to be absorbed fully in life around me. Our question of the day comes from Glinda in Newark, New Jersey. And the question is regarding medications. How do you feel about medications? Well, this is a tough question for me, Glinda. Let me first of all say, I'm not a doctor. I don't prescribe medicines and I don't want anything I say to be taken um, as medical advice, psychological advice. This is an opinion show from the perspective of a Taoist. So I will give you that opinion from a Taoist. And how I feel about medications is kind of based on context. It's almost like asking me, how do you feel about fire? Fire can be good in a fireplace. It can be good when it's a campsite and I'm cooking or making s'mores. But fire would be a bad thing if it's on my roof getting ready to, you know, destroy my house. So with medications, a lot of it does depend on context. I'm not a big pill fan. I don't like taking pills, but yet I have high blood pressure and it's controlled through medications. Now, I have tried diet and exercise in the past, but I didn't want to rely on that. So I, I take medication for blood pressure. I take medication to control cholesterol. And I take medications for other things as well. I have some vitamin deficiencies. I have some Parkinsonisms that I take medication for. So for some medical conditions, I know there's a trade-off. There's a risk. I heard once a doctor on TV say, that in each medication, there's a little bit of poison. And I don't know if he was exaggerating a little bit, but I do think there are some trade-offs when you take medication. You have to balance the risk versus the benefit. And, you know, a lot of it depends on context of what kind of, what, what is the medication for? Um, we have a big opioid crisis that I'm sure you're aware of in the United States. I think doctors too freely handed out opioids for minor pain conditions instead of heavy things like when a person's suffering from severe cancer and they just can't even hardly move without taking a pill. In the case of mental health conditions, I've seen it go both ways. I've, say, I've seen medications be life-saving. I've seen kids that struggled in school turn their lives around through the use of medications. But I've also seen people having to take one pill to counteract the effects, the side effects from another pill. And eventually they're on six pills and feel no better than they did before they started the first one. So it can go both ways with uh, medications for mental disorders. And depending on the mental disorder too, my thoughts vary, you know, for disorders like bipolar and schizophrenia, I think medications can be very, very beneficial to functioning. But in the case of depression, I wish more people would try exercise diet. They say that exercising can be just as effective, uh, even if it's done three times a week, 15 minutes each time. There's a lot of studies that suggest it can be just as powerful as most of the medications that are out there. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think anybody that suffers from a severe depression or anxiety should go off their medications. And again, I can't even recommend that. I'm not a doctor. I just hope that people would look at the alternatives first before going on medications that are very powerful and see if alternatives to medications such as therapy, exercise, 
mindfulness practice, meditation. See if those can help before you try the powerful medications. But again, I'm not against medications. Like I said, I've seen it work both ways. I've seen medications be very life-saving for people with depression and anxiety. I don't want to come across as being anti-medication at all. I take medications every day. Just make sure you're educated in what the condition is and the best options for treatment available. Find a specialist or a practitioner that you trust and go with their guidelines about how to best treat this condition. Once again, I'm not a physician. I'm a former psychotherapist and current Taoist philosopher. I uh, also realize that medications come from natural substances. So many of them can be beneficial for all sorts of things. So I am not giving medical advice here, just my opinion from my perspective. Hope that answers the question, Glenda. Don't forget to subscribe to my show in your podcast player app or to the RSS feed. You can find my email address, contact information, a disclaimer, and more information in the show notes, so please check those out. Be sure and purchase my book, Accepting Life on Life's Terms, Taoist Psychology for Today's Uncertain Times. Look for the book wherever you buy books. Available in written and digital format. That's all for today's show. Join me next week for another great episode. Until then, I hope you have a great week. May peace and love be with you. Thank you. I'll see you later. is a Code CMC production.